How is everybody doing today? Uh, if you notice, some of the kids are transitioning out, so our youth are meeting during service. Uh, some Sundays, not every service, so um, if you're a student in the house, you can join them, but if you're uh, in the room, you notice all the well, a lot of the kids got up and left, so I still say kids, and even if they're in college, so just to excuse my verbiage there, uh, but how is everybody doing today? Yeah, doing well, doing well. Holiday weekend, July 4th weekend, we celebrate our country's independence, our freedom. Um, I always tell people, um, whether we're talking spiritually or in our land, freedom does not come free, it is earned. And um, for us, we know that our spiritual freedom was earned off of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice that he made for us. And there's many uh, in our area who are uh, have are fighting and willing uh, to live their lives, to sacrifice their lives, uh, to protect our freedom. And so as we lean into that, I believe, fully believe that if we fully live into the gospel, um, we can experience a kind of life that is free and it leaks into other areas for every other person, not only in our church, but also for our country. I believe that God is the answer. Jesus is the answer and he will lead us forward. Um, no matter what's in front of us, God can still move and work. And so I truly believe that. So as we talk about different uh, scriptures and promises and everything that we're talking about every single week, I, I believe it's that important because not only can it change us, but I believe God can change a nation as well. And so we're just leaning into that. Um, well, I'm going to pray for us, ask God to speak to our hearts. But if you join us for the first time or maybe the first time in a while, if you're listening online and you're at the lake or on the river, we're not mad at you. OK, uh, but uh, we are uh, Hebrews 11. We're starting a brand new series today and it is called By Faith. And we're going to take the next five weeks and really pick apart what this chapter means. It is an incredible chapter, beautiful chapter. But when you read it in its entirety, you're going to see a theme and as we unpack it each week, you're going to see a theme of these two words, by faith, by faith. It's used over and over again, by faith, by faith, they did this, by faith, God did this, by faith. And so uh, we're going to see that today. We're going to lay the foundation. What does that mean? What does that look like for us? And then uh, we're going to begin to see there's 16 different examples of by faith in Hebrews 11. And so we're going to lean into that over the next five weeks. Does that sound good? Very good. All right. So I'm going to pray for us and then we're going to jump right in. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for today. Uh, thank you for each and every soul that is in this room listening online. God, we know that you are still moving. You are still working. And we're just praying that you would speak to our hearts. God, we believe that uh, we can still grow in our faith. And we're just praying that you uh, move something in us, God, that the Holy Spirit would work with our soul to help us to be more like you, God, that we would surrender to you, that we would yield to your ways and walk in all the promises that you have given us, God, that we would believe those, we would believe those by faith, and we would walk into them, God. Uh, I pray that I will decrease so that you may increase. And we ask all this in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Amen. Amen. And so as we think about Hebrews 11 and think about those two words by faith, uh, it's probably one of the words that Christians and honestly, a lot of different religions use a lot. Right. Faith. What is the word faith and what does that mean? And it can be such a broad topic when you hear about faith. Some people may say the faith community or uh, this is my faith or those different aspects. But when we think about our each individual lives, I don't know about you, but if you ever ask the question, how do I grow in my faith? How, how do I keep 
moving in my faith that God would still stir something up in me. And that could be I've just given my life to Christ, right? I've just started my relationship with him or I could be a Christian for 30 years. And I think there's moments in our lives where we go when we ask that question or maybe we're in a season where it just feels like uh, God's maybe not speaking or maybe it's just kind of like a stale moment of going how do I keep growing? How do I keep moving to where God stirs something in me to where I'm changing, to where God's doing new things in me? And what does that look like? And that's what this chapter is about. It's bringing us back to the foundation of everything that we believe. And it's really helping us to set the stage for what that looks like. If you've been in uh, Bluffton for a while, uh, real estate is through the roof, right? I mean, it's pretty crazy right now. Uh, my neighborhood, they're adding like 150 homes or something like that. And, and that's probably for almost every neighborhood in here, right? Uh, it's just going through the roof. But uh, some of the houses, I'm not going to give any names out there, but sometimes they put houses up very quickly. Don't they? They just kind of put them up there. And then five years later, you see people posting about, oh, this is going on in my house because it was up so fast. Right. They skipped this step here. They cut a corner here. They used this thin of sheetrock instead of the actual like coated one or whatever it may be. And we see that maybe some steps were skipped. And the problem is, if it's not done right from the foundation, everything is going to be off. Right. Like if it's not correct at the foundational level, if the studs are off, it does, you, you, there's only so many ways you can hang sheetrock. Right. If the concrete is not level, guess what? The house is not going to be level. Right. Like it's just it's all going to be off from the foundational level. It has to start that way. And as we think about our faith in Christ, if we think about our Christian life. If it's not right at the foundational level, then things are going to be off. Right. Things that the, the things that we think and believe and the way that we react to certain things like it's just going to cause it to be off because the foundation may be off. Right. And the beautiful thing is the, the, the gospel is the center and it is our foundation. And if we build our lives off of the gospel of Jesus Christ, we begin to build off of those things. And that's why we do things like today, communion. And uh, you see the Apostle Paul, he brings it up constantly. It's like he doesn't forget the gospel because it's the very foundation. It's the center. If you watch Iron Man, right? It's the heart piece right there that's keeping it all powered, right? The gospel that is in there that we see all of this moving keeps the foundation correct. And as we look at Hebrews chapter 11, the, the writer of this, and many people, you know, they argue back and forth of who the writer of Hebrews is. I say it's Paul, but we can, you know, if you want to argue with that, that's fine. Uh, but many different people have said that there's different writers of Hebrews, and we don't know the author of Hebrews, but they had to have extensive knowledge of the Old Testament, and also uh, the, connecting the two with the gospel and all these different pieces. And it's a really, really in-depth, probably one of the most in-depth books in the New Testament. And if you read it for the first time, you may be picking through it like man this is mud this is thick this is heavy right and you have to wade through it a little bit but the reason that Hebrews was written is because there was a group of Christians who had left the, the Jewish tradition the, the Jewish faith and they've given their lives to Jesus now and they were facing extreme persecution under Nero and I mean, Christians were being burned at the stake. They were being tar was put on them and all of these different things. And they were facing extreme persecution. 
And the church fathers were getting together and they wrote the book of Hebrews to them to encourage them to go, hey, here's your foundation. Remember, when all of that is happening to you, because all of them, they were left questioning. I mean, I'm sure you can imagine, I, I would imagine, if we're facing persecution like that, we're kind of shaken to the core of our belief system, right? You're like, okay, what do I really believe? And some of the Christians during that time, many speculate that they're asking the question, is all of this worth it? You know, is all of this, the following Jesus, we're going we're gonna to die giving our lives to this. And so the writer of Hebrews is coming in of going, hey, Jesus is worth it. And here's why. And you see this theme woven through the book of Hebrews where Jesus is greater than angels. Jesus is greater than Moses. And he begins to paint this picture of who Jesus is and how he interacts with us in our lives. And then he gets to Hebrews chapter 11. You can tell I'm getting excited, but then we'll get to the text. But Hebrews chapter 11, then he lays the foundation of what faith is. And then he goes, hey, look to these great examples. And here's 16 of them. By faith, they did this. By faith, they did this. By faith. And so the whole purpose of it was to shape their foundation of what their faith is, what it looks like, and then to give us practical examples of going, look to them. Look at what they have done. Look at how they live their lives. And now we can look at them and go, okay, that's where I'm headed. That's what God's called me to do. This is what it looks like. And so if we begin to think about this idea of faith, of by faith, if it's so important, what does that even look like? And it's so important that Hebrews later down in the chapter, Hebrews eleven six, this is what it says. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. I mean, that's a pretty big statement, right? Like without faith, it's impossible, not not just a little bit, but it's impossible to please God for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. What a beautiful promise, right? He's saying that, that the very foundation of everything we do, the faith is such a big deal that it is impossible to please God. But if you have faith, that's how we move into pleasing God, into living a life that he has called us to. But how do we grow in that? What is faith? What does it look like? And how can we begin to ground our lives off of what faith looks like? And the first three verses in Hebrews chapter 11 paints this picture of what this looks like for you and I. And I love Love the illustration of a picture because when you look at a picture, you see what could be and what should be, right? And so we can see those things, and it may not even be reality or in existence yet, or maybe it's not even true of our lives yet, right? But we can see the picture of God going, here's what could be. Here's what should be in our lives. And so we start here in Hebrews chapter 11. I have a lot of notes today, so I know you guys are really excited. Like, yes, Daniel, lots of notes. Um, if you want to take those, you can take a picture of the screen, or maybe we can uh, send them out later in the back half. But Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 3. Everybody still doing okay? Yeah. Very good. Uh, the first three verses of this chapter, it says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, people of old received their accommodation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of the things that are visible. As you can see, verse three, you read that, you're like, wow, there's so much there to unpack, right? But we see that the first verse, it tells us the foundation of everything that we have. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. I love this picture of what faith is because faith is something, it is more than something we believe. 
right? Because we may have belief in who Jesus is, uh, but faith means not only do I believe, but I reorient my entire life off of my faith. Because James tells us faith without works is dead, right? He's saying if you truly believe, then the kind of the old adage, get in the wheelbarrow and let's go across this tightrope, right? If you truly believe, then place your life into this. And he's saying the difference is, is that the faith carries us in that. But the, the piece for you and I to remember is that faith in itself uh, may not hold a lot of weight, right? It's who we place our faith in, right? Because the word faith can be tossed around other religions and other pieces of the faith community, whatever it may be. But for you and I as Christians, we say, my faith is in Jesus Christ. My faith is in the gospel. And I want to give you this illustration. Jacob, can you pass me that basketball right there? You see there? Jacob, man, you are such a team player. Wow, just easy now, easy. There we go. Um, so you see this basketball, the big illustration that we can see here, when I take this basketball and I have it in my hands, I can dribble it, I can kind of go back and forth, I can even take it between my legs, around my back, I may get lucky and make a shot, right? But if I buy this off the rack at Walmart, right, and I'm holding this in my hand, I'm going to ask you the question, how much is this ball worth? And I bought it for 10 bucks. You're like, probably eight bucks now, right? Like now it's dirty. Now your germs are on it. Like it's got less value uh, because you're holding it. Great. Because it, there's no value added. But if you take this, same, I'm talking about the same basketball that I bought for 10 bucks. It's probably like 15, but bought like 10 bucks. Now it's worth five. But I take this same basketball and LeBron James walks through those doors right there and he ducks underneath the door and he walks in here with his huge shoulders and I throw him this basketball. How much is this basketball worth now? A lot. Like, I could literally, he could put it in his hands. I could take it off of him, post it on eBay for $100, and it would probably sell, right? LeBron James touched this basketball, right? Because of who touched it, because of whose hands it was in. It changes the value of it, right? And for you and I, when we take our lives, right, and we place them in our own hands, it may only have a certain value. When we put it in the world's hands, it may only have a certain value. But when we take our lives and we put it into the creator of the universe, when we put it into his hands, the value changes, right? And he gives us a picture of what that value is. He says, I love you so much that I'm going to die on the cross for you. That's how much that you were created in the image of God. And now that my faith is in the hands of Jesus Everything changes about my life, the value of it, of who I am, who God says I am. He redefines all of it. The more I know about my relationship with God, the more I know about myself, right? The more I understand about the truth of God, the more I understand about the truth of myself because I have trusted God. I've placed my faith into his hands, right? But a lot of times we can place our faith in other things, right? In our lives, we can maybe place our faith, our security in how much money we make. Right? We, we can say, oh, if, I'm, if I make X amount, or if I do this, then I, I will have my security. I'll have my peace. I'll have my joy. I'll have, right? And we, we maybe think that that's where those things are going to come from. Or maybe we place it in a relationship, or we place it in a, a building, or we place it, whatever it may be in our lives, we can take our faith and go, you know what? I'm going to place it in that, and that is what's going to give me joy. That's what's going to give me peace. That's what's going to help me in my life. And Jesus is going, no, 
It's going to leave you empty, right? It's going, to empty, it's going to leave you hollow. But if you will take your life and place it into my hands, I'll show you what the value of it is. I'll show you not only for the value for you, but for everybody else around you. I'll show you who you are. And you and I, when we place our faith in Jesus, oh, thanks, Jacob. You're the man. Uh, as we place our faith in Jesus, it changes the way that we view our lives. It changes the way we view ourselves. It changes the way we view other people. It changes. And our view of God is constantly growing deeper. The more we know about God, the more we realize we don't know everything about God, right? And, and we just continues to grow. And that's why I believe you can talk to somebody who's been following Jesus for 50 years and they read a piece of scripture and they're like, oh, I have never seen this before. This is incredible. Incredible because God has revealed another layer for you and for I. And because so our faith can continue to grow and God continues to teach us more and more about who we are. And, and if you and I could figure God out, he wouldn't be God, would he? If you and I could fully understand God, then, then we would be superior to him. But what God is trying to get us to understand is, I want you to place your faith in me and trust me with your life because I know all of those things. And if you will just trust me, I will begin to produce the spiritual fruit inside of your lives. And so if, if we understand that foundation of who we are and what God wants to do in our lives, but we have to ask the question, well, how do I grow in my faith, right? What does the Bible say about growing in our faith? How can we keep moving towards God? If all of this is true, if, we, if I place my faith in him, if I understand that he created all things at the very foundation of my faith, if I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose again, and that is the, the centerfold, the hinge pin of my faith, the gospel of Jesus Christ, all the way from creation to the fall of humanity, right, in Genesis, and then Jesus came and, and saved the world of their sins, and then he's going to come back and he's going to redeem all of those things, right? A new heavens and a new earth. And we're going to live in eternity for him. No more tears, no more sorrows. We're going to have lions laying with lambs. I mean, can you just imagine the scene of us coming together and the peace that flows not only from humanity, but just from the world of the new creation that he's created in us. The full gospel that we place our faith in that Jesus holds the answer. But how do we grow in it, right? Because if we're honest with each other, if we leave this place and we head to work and we have our spouses, we have our careers, we have all these other things that we're, we have on our plate. Just how do I grow in my faith? What does that look like? Well, the Bible gives us the answers to that and it helps us to lean in. In Romans ten seventeen, it says this. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of God. I love how clear the Bible is, right? Faith comes by hearing and not just hearing anything, right? Because uh, we can hear a lot of different things. We live in the information age, right? I mean, we get thousands of pieces of information every single day, all day, but it's very clear. It says faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of God. I love that, right? And it is so specific. He said, we want to feed our faith then we have to hear the word of God. And I want to give us three things, three ways that maybe you and I can hear the word of God. The first one is, is the, the obvious one that probably we bring up a lot is reading the word. It is soaking it in, reading his word. But also, I think uh, we neglect sometimes hearing the word, right? I don't have to sit down and, and open my Bible just to read it, but I can hear the word as somebody could be preaching it or talking about it or my spouse could be talking about faith or talking about the promises of 
of God or the community that I keep, the small group that I show up in. Right. I'm, I'm hearing the word and it's feeding my faith, that aspect. But then the third piece, I think we definitely forget about about hearing the word. And that is when I speak the word. I'm speaking in faith, right? Because I'm speaking about the faith in Jesus Christ. And so when I speak about, when I pull my kids together as a father, and I'm telling these stories about the parables of God, about the, what God is doing in the Old Testament, and I'm speaking the faith, I'm hearing it too, right? Like I'm not only speaking it, but I'm hearing it as well. It's on my tongue, it's on my lips. When I tell my coworker about my faith in Christ, when I tell about a, a principle, and I'm telling you one of the really great things if you read through the book of Proverbs, there's so many principles in there that apply to our life and apply to the business world that we can apply. And somebody goes, "Ooh, that's good. That's a lot of wisdom right there. And we're able to share. This is what God's word says. But when we read it, when we hear it and when we speak it, God begins to do something in us that we can we can uh, hear God's word and God begins to feed our faith with it. And if we want to experience growth in our faith, it's reading God's word, hearing it, but also speaking it and taking opportunity. But if in order for us to speak it, it has to be in our heart first, right? It has to be in the, the seeds, has to be planted, and the Holy Spirit begins to, to fill those up in us, and God begins to use them in incredible ways. And then we're going to get here the second half because I, it gets even more practical than this. It gets even more practical than read it, hear it, and speak it. I mean, the Bible is so crystal clear. It's amazing and mind-blowing to go that God wants our faith to grow so bad. He's like, I want you to get this clarity in this. Um, there are moments and seasons in life. Have you experienced this before where you feel like there are some seasons where you're like, I feel like I'm healthy. I feel like I'm exercising. I feel like I'm eating right. And this is doing good. Right. And then there's some seasons. And isn't it mind blowing how fast it kind of goes away? You're like, I just spent six weeks getting on track and this feels good and this feels amazing. And then you have like a holiday weekend like now and you eat like some smashed taco burgers and all those different things. And it's like, it just fell off track in two days. What happened? It's like everything came back. But in all of those situations, uh, when we're getting healthy or maybe we're getting into a diet, uh, there's always these supplements, right, to supplement our weight loss or to supplement maybe our health. Or you go to the doctor and they say, hey, take these supplements because they're going to help your heart. They're going to help whatever it may be. Well, there's this beautiful piece of scripture in Second Peter. And in this Second Peter, he gives us a list of things that supplement our faith that feed our faith to go, hey, here are some things. If you want to see your faith grow, if you want to get on track, if you want to move towards God and really see that nourished for the plant to grow for whatever it may be, here are some supplements. And it's a beautiful piece here in Second Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 10. And I want to read this to you. Everybody still doing okay? Yeah. All right, verse 3. It says, His divine power has granted to us all the things that pertain to life, and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from corruption that is the world because of sinful desires. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith. And then he begins to break this list down. 
with virtue and with virtue or virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they will keep you from being ineffective and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. I love this because he says, if we don't have these qualities, we've forgotten where we've come from. We've forgotten the gospel. We've forgotten what God has done in our lives. And then he says this, therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fail. Ooh, that's good, isn't it? That's like a hidden gem in there. If you practice, I love that word practice. If you live these out, if you move into these, if you have enough faith to practice these, you will never fail. What a promise, right? He says you will never fail. And he's not saying uh, if you apply these principles, you're going to succeed at literally everything that you do. Like money's going to rain down from heaven. And you're going to be doing uh, uh, the angel and the money and all those things, right? He's like, that's not what he's saying. He's saying spiritually speaking, if you want to continue to grow to be fruitful and not to be hindered by the enemy or whatever it may be, he's saying if you want to continue to be fruitful, God's going to give you the power to succeed, but it's when you're living and practicing into these things, God continues to feed our faith because we know we all make mistakes, right? We know we all fall short, but God in his grace and his mercy begins to pick us back up and set us back on track. And so we see this beautiful thing. But if you're taking notes, here's a principle. And then we're going to very quickly talk about those seven and then we're going to close together. But it says the spiritual blessings we need are already available to us. But it's up to us to access them. They're already there. God is saying, my grace, my sufficient. I've given you all that you need to live a godly life. And I'm laying it here all out on the table. But you and I have to step into them, right? Not only because faith is not just, we could walk in, right? Because just picture this. We walk in, all the promises are on the table. We walk in, we praise, we raise our hands. We say, amen, this is awesome. And then we head out the door and we never pick up a promise. Right. We never live until we never practice what all this is out on the table. And God's going, this is real. Faith in Christ is real and it is sufficient for our lives. It will supply us with what we need to continue to grow and to be fruitful. But it takes you and I stepping into the promises and believing them and applying them to our lives so we can experience God in it and as we live and what God wants to do in us. And so as we supplement our faith, here's the supplements that he gives us here. Um, all my workout people in the house are like, yeah, supplements. So uh, the first one here that we see is he talks about goodness, the goodness that's living to glorify God, understanding because Jesus tells us the rich young ruler comes up and he says, hey, good teacher. And Jesus says, oh, I'm not good. Only the father is good. Right. He, he gives us a definition of going. God tells us what is good. He's the one that determines what it because the world and the people around us, they're going to tell us, hey, this is good. This is good. This is what you need to do. This is what's happening. God goes, but I define what is good. Why? Because I created all things and I created you and I know you and I love you. And here is how this works. And then the other one is, is knowledge is responding to the divine revelation that you and I have. That, that's the whole faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of God. We're receiving a revelation about who God is. And that's what the Bible is. It's a divine 
revelation of who God is. And every time you and I open up this word, or we hit play on you version, or whatever it is, we're hearing divine revelation from the creator of the universe. And that changes things, right? It changes our hunger for the word of going, oh, I can hear from God right now today through his word. And then it says self-control. And that's really kind of referring to resisting, as James tells, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Resisting the sinful desires that maybe we feel in us, that God gives us the power to do that. And then I love this part right here because he knows life is going to get hard. He knows the resistance is going to get hard. He says endurance, right? That when God is going to give us the strength to continue to endure, fight the good fight so that we can live a godly life that he's called us to of going, hey, you know what? I'm relying on God. I may not see the full answers yet, but I'm leaning into God. And then he says, he begins to take it not only from ourselves, but begins to move the circle outside of us. And he says, hey, after you're doing all of these things, don't forget about brotherly affection. And I like how he breaks these two down. He says, brotherly affection is those who are inside the faith, right? Those who are brothers and sisters in Christ. He's saying, take care of each other. Be there for each other. You're the family of God walking together. And if you're practicing this, God's going to move and work inside of our hearts, right? And that's why it's always hard for me when somebody goes, hey, I love God, but I'm not, I don't really do the church thing. I don't go to church. I'm like, uh, well, you're missing the heart of God because everywhere, all throughout Scripture, God, He moves it from our, our vertical relationship immediately to our horizontal relationships. All the way around us, right? He constantly moves us from God's loving us. And He said, I want to get that through you to brotherly affection. And then He says, love. And He says, when you're outward facing to the, towards the world, for God so loved the what? World. That he gave his one and only son that you and I having compassion for those who are around us of saying even those who are non-believers around us. He's saying there's brotherly affection we can treat like family, right? We're there. We're walking with them. They're walking with us. But then there's love. There's this compassionate love, this us pursuing first kind of love to the world around us where people begin to see that maybe, maybe those Christians operate off a different standard than the rest of the world. And we see this begin to play out inside of our hearts, inside of our loves. But what a promise for you and I to say, hey, here are some, some clear steps that you and I could take to feed our faith. And because we're, we're just in the first three chapters of Hebrews 11, we're getting ready to see all these examples of what God can do through people who live by faith. We live by faith and not by sight, right? And God begins to teach us on what this looks like. And he's saying when we take these supplements and we feed our lives with these things, God will grow our faith so that we can uh, produce the spiritual fruit in our life no matter what season we're in because the fruit that's being produced inside of my life doesn't determine that doesn't mean that the circumstances are feeding those there God is feeding those right he is the one that supplies it he's the one that nurtures it he's the one that's growing in us and no matter what our circumstances and God can grow our faith by faith God begins to move and work in our lives by faith and so I just kind of want to close with this idea and we're going to take communion together to remind us of the gospel and where God is. And, uh, but begin to think about this, that no matter where we are in our relationship with God, it's time to grow. 
No matter if we just have given our lives to Christ and if you've never given your life to Christ before, God is saying, place your faith in me and I'll begin to do a mighty work in you. Come as you are, right? Don't try to get your life together. Wait till the Holy Spirit is in you and let him start guiding you on how to put your life together, right? Surrender your life to Christ now. But then as we give our lives to Christ, no matter if we're, uh, this is our first day as a Christian or we've been following God for a hundred years. Anybody following God? Anyway, uh, for a hundred years, right? It's time to grow. God wants to do something in us. He wants to take us to a deeper level, a closer relationship with him, a deeper love for those around us. And every single person who can hear the sound of my voice, I believe that God has called us to grow and we can start growing now. And God has given us these pieces of going, hey, I'm not a formula God. It's about a relationship, right? But if you're moving into these seven things or these three things about hearing our faith and speaking and living it out and and supplement our faith, with those things that we listed today, God says, I will start growing you. I will continue to grow you and stretch your faith and allow you to take steps. And sometimes it's not always fun, right? Because when a rubber band's being used, it's being stretched, right? Like it's just stretching us. And you're like, are you sure, God? You really want me to do that? You really want me to say that? And he constantly is stretching us, constantly is growing us. And that's the beautiful thing, because he loves us enough to not leave us where we are. He loves us enough to say, hey, I created you, and as you follow me, I want to continue to mold you and shape you into my image. And I want to do that mighty work in you. But you and I, Jesus has already laid it out on the table. And he's saying, I want you to step into it. I want you to access it. I want you to trust me with it. I want you to begin to pray the prayer even by faith, God. What step do you want me to take? What area do you want me to lean into out of those seven things? Or maybe uh, hearing more of the word or speaking more of the word, whatever it may be. And just taking those little steps. And I'm telling you, if you're in a moment, there's going to be some spiritual resistance for that step. And I would even say from the first step, or you're going to experience, right? It's like, you know what? I'm going to sit down and read my Bible today. All of a sudden, your phone's like, bing, 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 right? Like all these messages are coming up. You're like, what is happening right now? Because you were just about to open up the word, and right? Because the devil is around. The demons are around. He's not omnipresent, but he knows. He's been doing this thing a long time. And he's like, oh, she just went to church. I saw that it was moving and ready to go. So here we go. Let's just try to make some distractions. Let's cause, allow this not to happen, right? And then uh, God's going to say something like, hey, begin to speak this in inside of your family. And then we're going to get all these insecurities, right? Like you asked me how I know because it's happened to me too, right? Like you're going to speak these things and it's like you're going to get all these insecurities of going, you can't say that. You can't do that. You don't know enough. You don't know enough about his word. You, you know how you acted last week. You know what this, right? Like all of these things begin to happen. But God says, I am the one who determines who you are, right? I am the one. You're not speaking in faith of Daniel Kazanade. No, I'm speaking in faith of Jesus Christ, right? That's who I'm sharing about. I'm just connecting people to this creator of the universe, to the savior of him, that less of me and more of him. But God begins to stretch us as we take those faith steps. God begins to move and work by faith. I love those words there that we talk about by faith. God wants to do a mighty work. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for your truth. God, I pray that we soak in your word, that Hebrews 11 begins to teach us that the Holy Spirit illuminates those steps that we need to take inside of our lives, inside of our hearts, God. 
And I pray that as we uh, prepare to take communion together, that you would mold and shape our hearts, God, just to be open to remember the foundation of our faith, which is you, Jesus. You are the author and the perfecter of our faith, God. You have created it, but yet you continue to shape it and mold it in us, God. And I pray that our uh, job is to continue to grow in our knowledge of you and to live out in obedience to that knowledge, God. And then we experience your love transforming in our hearts and lives. We love you. We ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody said. Thank you for tuning in to the Bridge Church Podcast. If you would like to find out more information about our church, you can simply visit our website at thebridgebluffton.com. Have a blessed day.